0: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play full time fantasy. Full
1: time fantasy. It is full time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronan solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every weekday. You can listen live. 2 to 4 Eastern, if you can't, or you can only listen to a portion of the program, no need to worry. You can hear it on demand anytime you want, as it is usually uploaded right after the show ends. So we talked a lot of football in the first hour, going over a Fantasy Football World Championship online championship draft. So if you missed that, you could hear it on demand. And if you want to participate in the Fantasy Football World Championships, head on over to playffwc.com. We have a starter best ball draft tonight. $35 to enter, eight spots left. It kicks off at 10 p.m. Eastern, 24 rounds, 90-second clock. So what is a best ball draft, in case you're not familiar? It means is you draft your team, that's it. No waiver wire moves, no pickups. You don't even have to set your lineup. It's You just draft, and that's it. The computer optimizes and takes your highest score each week so if you draft three quarterbacks and your third quarterback scores the most points that's the starter for the week so we love to draft but we all know time management becomes an issue and doing 15 20 waiver wires on a Tuesday Wednesday night it's a lot of work now for some of you who play in that many leagues and put up a lot of money you can do it but for the average person it's kind of difficult so Here's an opportunity where you get to enjoy the benefits of a draft and you don't have to maintain lineup and you could still win money. And especially now, like, forget these mock drafts that don't mean anything and people are in and out of rooms. I don't do those. I use the best ball drafts as a mock, but in the same time, I can win money. And especially when you have players at really good values right now that are going to rise up the draft board. I mean, just look at... That online championship draft from last night, take note of certain players, and we could even look in a month and you're going to see players move up around or two just based on information that comes out from OTAs, training camp. It's crazy how the values really shift, and we see it every year. I mean, Christian McCaffrey last year at this time was probably going late second round. We got to the beginning of the season, he was going in the high stakes leagues, you know, pick seven, eight, nine. So that's just. An example of an early player, but it's really the guys that go in rounds 10, 11, 12 right now that get pushed up to 6, 7, 8. You know, last year in our format, Mike Williams just went so high. I mean, he was starting to go in the fifth, sixth round as we got close to September. So there's always going to be a lot of players like that. And if you have those guys in mind now and you know they're going to move up, that's the benefit of doing the draft now. So start a best ball draft tonight, $35 entry fee, eight spots remaining, 10 p.m. Eastern, it kicks off. There's an online championship slow draft, a six-hour clock. Six spots remain in that. As soon as it fills, it will take off. There's a new Dynasty startup draft with an eight-hour clock uh, with some spots left, and it'll kick off when it fills. So, again, there's different price points, the online championship, fantasy football world championships, best ball drafts, all different price points, different times on the clock. So you can check it out and see what works best for you. Also, check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. We've got a ton of – Team Outlooks, Raiders, the latest look from Sean Childs. He takes a look at the Oakland Raiders as he's going through the AFC teams. I have my weekly stock watch for baseball, looking at players that are on the rise, those that are falling, what you should do. We have an introduction to the advanced ADP with high-low draft windows. Very good article. I did a lot of those last year as part of our draft kit. So it's uh, good to look at the gap to see where players are going, and sometimes there's a wide range. I'll have my two-start pitcher article up probably sometime tomorrow. Sean Childs will have his look at the waiver wire. So we got a ton of fantasy baseball and football content. And if you have any specific questions, just ask them on the message boards in the forums, and we will be there to answer them. Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com. He's coming up in the next segment to talk some baseball. Let's take a look at some of the baseball news. Uh, the Red Sox have activated Mitch Moreland from the 10-day injured list. So he missed about two weeks with a lower back strain in. I wasn't hit for much of an average, but a good Red Sox team, had 13 home runs, OBP not too bad at 320. so definitely, you know, in deeper format, someone that you could use as a corner infielder. I uh, had an opportunity to pick him up in Tout Wars earlier this year, and I didn't, could have used him. When I had some injuries, now, pretty set for now, but, you know, injuries change a lot. The uh, Padres are considering keeping Josh Naylor on the roster when Franchi Cordero returns and they might send down Manny Margot. So obviously, we see Margot hasn't really played much lately. Uh, Naylor hasn't been playing every day either. Uh, but, and it's not like he's put up huge numbers. Uh, he's hit 243. His OBP is 243. 459 slug. He's got 12 strikeout snowwalks and 37 plate appearances. But I guess they feel like he's a better option than Margot. But,. Uh, I guess maybe they want to get Margot regular at bats in the minor league. Certainly Margot, he's better defender than Naylor, but something to keep in mind. Because I think some people didn't pick up Naylor because they were worried that the Padres had called him up just for those appearances in the American League ballpark. But either way, I mean, they're kind of going with Myers, Renfro, and Reyes every day. And it's kind of hard to sit Renfro right now. He had another home run yesterday. Reyes obviously hitting a ton of home runs, and Myers is going to play, and it does hurt them a little bit defensively. I don't think, ideally, they'd like to have Myers in center field, but, you know, those bats are producing, and it looks like the Padres are going to go that way right now. Dwight Smith, who's been one of the more pleasant surprises this year, uh, he's on the seven-day concussion injury list. He crashed into the wall yesterday after making a really good catch, and, you know, you just don't know how much time he's going to miss. I did pick him up uh early in the season in a 15-team league, and he's been in my lineup most of the year. So, in that format, it's a tough loss. Somebody asked me on the question, uh, message board the other day, like, is Dwight Smith Jr. a must-own? And, you know, I said, depends on the depth of the league. Like, he's to me, he's not a must-own in a 12-team league, even before this. 15-team league, he should be owned. But, obviously, he's going to miss some time. We don't know how much time. It's always tricky with concussions, but... That was a guy that was producing in uh, deeper format. So it is a little bit of a loss. We don't know who's going to start for the Cardinals on Monday. So for my two-star pitchers, like I don't even know who to put in there right now because there's a chance that it could be Daniel Ponce de Leon. Uh, but then Cardinals manager Mike Schilt said that Waka is, Michael Waka is in heavy pencil to start Monday in Miami. Now, in Miami, we know is a good start in that ballpark, even though the Marlins have been hitting lately. But Waka has been a disaster. Now, a lot's going to come down to this weekend. Uh, The Cardinals are playing this afternoon. We'll uh, talk about that game a little bit later on. The Cubs lead this game early 2-0 as they go to the top of the fourth inning as it is Miles Michaelis against Cole Hamill. So if Waka is needed in relief over this weekend, then he wouldn't get the start. So Daniel Ponce de Leo would become very interesting now in – NFBC formats, I don't think he's going to be available. I don't think he's been up this year, so uh, they're probably not going to make that call up anyway. So that, that would be unfortunate. But in your home leagues, pay attention to this. If you got the waiver wire on Sunday and they make an announcement that Ponce de Leon's coming up, he could be a guy to pick up. It might not be a long-term option, but a lot's going to depend on how he pitches, so consider that. I did an article a couple weeks ago about players to stash, and a couple of those players... Uh, Will be up soon. One of them will be up today. Didi Gregorius activated off the injured list for the Yankees. So they are going to sit him one game every series and ease him back in. But certainly someone that can produce a a lot of power. We saw it last year. And another one is Luis Urias from the Padres. And uh, Dennis Leonard of The Athletic is saying they're expected to give serious consideration to a call-up before the end of the month for Urias. So we saw him earlier this year at the majors, and he didn't perform well. 167 average, 256 OBP, 278 slugging, and 82 plate appearances. But as we see a lot of times, he goes down to AAA, and he's been absolutely crushing it. So I put him up there a couple of weeks ago as a name to possibly stash. He's batting 368, 461 OBP, and a 724 slugging with 14 homers and five steals and 204 plate appearances in the minor league. So uh, definitely has a little pop, and you got to think that, you know, He's going to get the call soon, and he could help out. So it's a name to keep in mind there. Yadier Molina is still not clear to resume baseball activities. He is eligible to be activated off the injured list on Saturday, but he will not be ready. So Matt Reeders will continue to be the catcher there for the Cardinals. Uh, the Twins have activated Michael Pineda from the injured list, so he will be back starting tonight for the Twins against the Tigers. So he was out with some right knee tendonitis he spends the minimal amount of time on the injured list and Devin Smelter gets often back to triple a. So he was picked up this week as a two start pitcher, but we knew that there were some risk because Pineda could be back. Smelter goes down to triple a. So I did pick up Smelter in the great fantasy baseball invitational hoping for the two starts. And uh, obviously that turned out to be a bad decision because the first start on Tuesday wasn't great. And now Smelter goes back to the minor league. So, uh, I didn't spend too much money, but it wasn't worth it for sure, and I'll I'll be dropping him this weekend. Uh, We did hear yesterday, last night, the big news of the day was Dallas Keuchel signs a contract with the Atlanta Braves, so he gets one year, $13 million, uh, to be with the Atlanta Braves, and you know it's a good spot for him, considering that the division is – it's not – we haven't seen a lot of uh, offense in this division. I think we all knew the NL East was going to be pretty competitive. We thought it was kind of wide open outside of the Marlins. But offensively, these all these teams have really been middle of the pack towards the bottom. You know, the Phillies, as great as their lineup looks, they have not been good. I think they were like 15th in offense uh, for runs scored. And, you know, I mentioned it a few days ago how none of their guys are having, like, spectacular years. They're good, but they're not great. You know, none, none of the guys throughout the lineup, are. You're, you're looking at them and go, wow, this guy's having a great year. They're all okay. And obviously, the loss of McCutcheon hurts them at the top. So, the division, it's a pretty good division to pitch in. Now, Keichel's going to need some time. I believe he's going to start a AAA tomorrow, and it's going to take a couple weeks. And, you know, it's not a bad landing spot. I'm not very excited. I didn't draft Keichel anywhere. I wasn't looking to pick him up if he got dropped. In this environment, a guy like Keuchel, it might be tough for him to succeed because he allows a lot of contact. Now, he is a heavy ground ball pitcher, and he does have good control, but guys coming in the middle of the year, it is really dicey. I know he's been throwing a, a lot of simulated games, and he's consistently throwing, but you know, he's a veteran that helps a young Braves pitching staff. I did see one of the beat reporters say they thought Kevin Gossman could lose his spot. And look, Gossman's been terrible. So that's something to keep an eye on. They do have a lot of young arms. They're in contention for the division. They obviously want to be careful with these young pitchers. Uh, so $13 million for Keuchel, it's not a lot. I mean, you know, he turned on that qualifying offer from Houston of $17.9 million. So he's baking on himself here to, to produce and hoping that the market is a little bit different for him Next season. So I don't expect huge things from Keiko this year. You know, look, if he gets, I guess if he gives you a four ERA, one, two, six whip, decent strikeouts to get you some wins, it's not that bad. And I guess that's certainly possible, but uh, I, again, I don't think he's a difference maker, you know, best case scenario, ERA in the high threes, seven Ks per nine, but really not excited for it. Uh, And we'll see if he can, Outproduce those numbers. How about Max Kepler yesterday? And anyone who is a subscriber to full-time fantasy, you would have seen how high I was on Kepler going into this year. I wrote a breakout piece on him. And when we do our preseason pro picks, he was my ale-only sleeper. Not for ale-only leagues, but we pick a sleeper for each league. And uh, for me, my American League guy was Kepler. And, you know, I showed last year, If you looked at the underlying numbers, that Kepler didn't look like he improved from the surface numbers. The underlying numbers showed big improvements. Because, you know, last year he had 224, 20 homers, 58 RBIs, 4 steals. So you go, "Mm, okay, what's exciting about that? But you saw his walk rate jump. His strikeout rate dipped. Uh, He got a little unfortunate with a two thirty-six batting average of balls in play. He improved against left-handed pitching. Then the Twins wound out, went out and signed him to a contract. So, you know, Kepler was like double-digit round guy. And I have him in quite a few leagues. And I always go and look, and I'm like, why don't I have him in this league? Because I like them a lot, but obviously you can't get him in every league. So, I know I have him in my home league. I have him in the GST league. Uh, so, I don't have him in enough leagues, though. I know that. I think I have him in an online championship league, but... Kepler was someone I liked a lot. I guess with him, too, it was always trying to time where to get him. You know, you're like, oh, okay, I can wait another round. Oh, no, somebody likes him. But Kepler with a big game yesterday, three home runs. He was actually in a slump, 0-for-21 going into yesterday. And then he goes out and hits three home runs against Trevor Bauer, of all people, too, as Bauer had another shaky outing. I mean, it wasn't awful, but it's not what you pay for Bauer. He had eight innings, five earned runs, seven Ks. And his ERA is 393. So that's the thing. When you hate a second round pick, uh, you were not looking for a 393 from Bauer. But we've seen a lot of pitchers this year struggle, especially those that were going early. But Kepler's having a, a really good year. Uh, obviously, the Twins lineup is mashing. And, you know, imagine how many RBIs he would have if he didn't hit leadoff. He's hit leadoff most of the time. He's batting 266, 337 OBP, 542 slugging, which is by far a career high but he's got 40 RBI's which is not bad for a leadoff guy 15 home runs so he is going to surpass his career high of 20 very shortly and he's only he's got 15 in 54 games 20 last year 156 40 runs 40 RBI's one stolen base he's been caught three times so you know, I thought he might get you know 5 to 7 steals which I've always said are valuable but you know now over the last two years five stolen bases caught eight times and with this Twins lineup you don't want to be giving away outs because they can match. No need to really steal bases. So that might not be there. But fly ball rate is high once again. Hard hit rate of 40.6%. So not surprised by this. And hopefully if you followed the rankings, read my breakout order, you have Max Kepler on your team because it was very high on Kepler going into the year. Not surprised by this at all. You could see it coming. Uh, and that's why you got to dig deep and look at a lot of those underlying numbers. When we return, I'll be joined by Greg Jewett of FantasyAlarm.com. We'll talk some baseball with him as we continue. You're listening to Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Here it is, Full-Time Fantasy, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rona is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Baseball stock watch is up, looking at players on the rise, players with their stock declining, and what should you do? Should you buy low on these players? Get the answers now. And, of course, our fantasy football content, tons of content up there. Dr. Roto looking at the training camp questions for each team. Sean Childs continuing his in-depth team outlooks a latest look as is the oakland raiders as he is almost wrapped up with the afc and getting ready going to the nfc so check it out full-time fantasy.com joining me now to talk some baseball it is greg jewett fantasyalarm.com greg what's going on
3: how much how are you adam the, the sun is actually out in syracuse so we we're in the midst of a three day stretch without rain for the first time since september
1: is that true Three day, wow, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, we have been getting quite a bit of rain, man. I've had so many softball cancellations, uh, barely played in the month of May. So you are right. It's a very nice day here today, and I don't see rain until, I think, Monday. So uh, yep. it is time to enjoy this weather here in uh, early June. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'm headed on vacation, man, next week. I- I'm leaving. So uh, That's right. I was
3: going to ask you. Yeah, you're, it's going to be nice.
1: Yeah, I'm headed to Barcelona and Ibiza. Ever been there? I have not. I've never been on the other side of the pond. Yeah, neither have I. This is my first time. So uh, getting that cherry popped next week. Going (laughs) to the other side of the country. So hopefully it's a good time. But let's talk some baseball here. You know, a lot of people gave up on Brian Dozier. He was terrible. We saw a key boom come up. And everyone's like, all right, Dozier's going to lose his job. But uh, I think it's kind of quietly that... Dozier's actually picked it up uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, do you see him being a fantasy asset the rest of the year and people needed to exhibit patience and those who gave up on him probably made a mistake?
3: It's, it's hard to say they made a mistake because we don't know who they replaced them with. But, you know, we, we've seen him do this before. He had a horrible first half one time with Minnesota, and then he had that monster second half that really put him cemented in the fantasy community, you know. He battled some injury issues and some other stuff last year, so it looked like a good, cheap signing for the Nationals. And maybe this is just maybe he's he's just getting into form and being healthy. I mean, I don't think we're going to get that peak Dozier that we had in the past. But if you need somebody to give you some cheap RBIs and home runs, then there's I'm sure it can't hurt to kick the tires with them. I mean, it's just you know we talked last week about burning and churning pitchers. It's almost been the same thing with offense. You just kind of ride a hot hand. And then if he, if he flames out, then you flip someone else in there.
1: Dallas Keuchel finally signs. He winds up in Atlanta on a one-year deal for $13 million. What do you think about this landing spot, and what does it do for the fantasy value of Keuchel?
3: Um, I don't mind the landing spot for him, and it's going to let Atlanta um, not overuse Soroka and Freed and a few of the other young pitchers. Um, I think this keeps Tucson in the bullpen, and, you know, I, I think all Atlanta's looking for out of Keuchel is that, that high ground ball percentage, giving them some innings and uh, shortening some of the work on that bullpen. They, they've been getting taxed lately, so this definitely, uh, once he gets into that rotation, should help them give a little break there. Uh, I'm really curious to see if they go out and get a Will Smith or somebody. I think that's going to be the next big name that we're all kind of tracking now that uh, Kimbrel signed. Is, is who's going to pony up the prospects to get Will Smith and get him in the back end of their bullpen. But as far as Tycho goes, I mean, we know he's not a big strikeout guy. Um, if you're in a quality start league, he definitely helps. But, you know, there should be wins in that rotation. So I don't think we overvalue him or you go crazy about him, but at least we know where he's going.
1: Talking to Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com, uh, we keep hearing that Jose LeClerc is getting close to taking over the ninth inning, and obviously he's been good since being removed from the job. And then once again, Sean Kelly was out there for the save yesterday, and he got it done. Are we close to LeClerc taking over? How much longer does Kelly have in this position?
3: Well, you know I'm a LeClerc guy, but I I think what Texas is doing here is almost a little bit savvy you know, I think they know that obviously they can't catch the Astros in the standings and and they had, they've had a decent record so far this, this year, but with Gallo hurt and a couple of other factors kind of going around, you know, Hunter Pence can't stay this hot forever. I think they know that they're not going to probably be in contention, especially with the angels getting arms back in their rotation. So why not build the trade value? And the best way to build Kelly's trade value is to leave him in there as a closer. So, a contender looking to add a good setup reliever can say, hey, we know Kelly can handle the, those high leverage spots so we can add him to be our eighth inning guy going forward. So I would think the building of him for trade value will keep him in that role um, as much as we all, the community wants LeClerc to get back there. And he's been fantastic the last 30 days. I really like what he's doing. And then he can, I, I think it's going to take a trade to get Kelly out of there as much as we think it's going to be LeClerc sooner rather than later.
1: I have a little baseball trivia that's tied into some breaking news and I'm expecting you to get this question right. I don't think it's that difficult. I think I've seen it once or twice over the last few days, but I'm going to ask you. Who is the only team in baseball to use only five starting pitchers this year?
3: Well, it was the Marlins till the news that you're going to bring up. Oh, is, is you're on top yet. of it.
1: You're on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, did you, I did you know home. that be- I was driving
2: did you yeah, know that was before driving today? I and
3: I saw that on Twitter. So I was be like, can you believe the Marlins are the only ones that use the same five? And they finally used the little dodger's right to give Caleb Smith some inning management. So,
1: yes. Yeah, Caleb Smith uh, landing on the injured list with left hip inflammation. Look, we knew they were going to watch his innings. They've been careful with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, he had a... I think that was his worst start of the season yesterday. So, uh, Yeah, the Mar- Milwaukee. Yeah, the Marlins, you know, we knew they had good pitching, and all of a sudden they've hit a little bit, but uh so you know caleb smith's been a really good fantasy asset this year
3: he has and you know racking up his strikeouts they kind of stole him you know as much as we like to throw the marlins under the bus for all the trades that they made they kind of stole him from the yankees in a deal but you know those strikeouts and again this is this is something we have to it's a copycat league so you know we've joked about the dodgeritis and whatever and how they manage the innings of rich hill and Kenjin Ryu and everyone else by by using stints on the ten day d de- on the ten day injured list. So I think this totally makes sense. He had a rough start. His last couple haven't been fantastic. Let him uh, get a little break here. Throw on the side. Rest up that hip if that's what really is the problem, and then he can come back and, and resume his spot in the rotation. So and I think we're going to see a couple of the other guys have that happen as well. And I know people are speculating on is if they're going to call up Gallon. So we're just going to have to kind of wait and see.
1: Yeah, that would be uh probably a big free agent pickup uh for pitching cuz I noticed this, man. I'm looking at my 15 team leagues, like I have a league where I lost Carrasco and mm-hmm. uh Matt Strom. And I go to waiver wire, man. It's a bunch of crap there, man. There's nothing good.
3: Right, unless you're just getting you're, you're
1: in that situation, you're
3: just trying to get somebody for the week ahead with good matchups, but even those now in, in this environment
1: are not guaranteed. And I've always said this, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, you know, my I have pretty good pitching depth. I might look at trade. I say it can easily change one injury, man. I went from having a pretty good pitching staff and, you know, was making tough decisions each week. Now I lost Matt Stram, Carlos Carrasco, Steve Ciszek's out of the closer role, Blake yep. Parker. I don't even know what the situation there is. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now I got no pitchers on my bench.
3: Yep. And, and then you're scrambling. So it, it's been such a tough year with the pitcher with the pitcher turnover that, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, you, anyone who thinks they have depth is a little bit misguided, but, you know, by the same token to you, you're trying to stay ahead of these things. Like, I, I noticed that the Yankees have been rumored to be scouting Alex Colome. So, I mean, if you own him, now it's time to sell high because, you know, the White Sox are going to keep re- rebuilding, so they're going to trade away Column A for whatever prospects they can get and keep retooling that. I mean the, the White Sox had ten guys get a save last year, so they're they're not uh they're not averse to using different people and, and different roles going forward. So, you know, you have to keep you have to keep tabs on all of these things to, to try and stay ahead of everybody. It's so hard this year.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. It's been a challenge talking to Greg Jewett, FantasyAlarm.com. Uh Chris Paddock has struggled a little bit lately. I don't think it's a surprise. He wasn't going to continue to dominate like he did, Mm -hmm. but the overall numbers are still very good. We know he's probably going to wind up on the injury list at some point. Maybe they give him a break before the All-Star break. They're going to watch his innings, and I think it's pretty interesting to see what they do because Padres are in contention for the wild card for now. But what do you do with Paddock in fantasy? Do you try and trade him I mean, after his next good start? I think we're going to have this talk with a lot of pitchers where we know a lot of young arms – that these teams are going to watch their innings. Everyone's aware of it. So, like, what do you do? I mean, Paddock's already giving you great value. Can he still be a good value the rest of the way? Do you look to deal him? Like, what's your outlook on a guy like Chris Paddock right now for the rest of the year?
3: Uh, I think some of it's just going to depend on your format. You know, I have him in a keeper league, so on that, I'm not going to be looking to trade him. I'm just going to try and make sure I have like a Pablo Lopez I can stream at home or somebody else to fill in those gaps when when he end up when he ends up getting that. Injured list trip because you know it's coming and you just have to account for it. You know, if you think you're going to sell high if he has another good start or two uh, before he gets on that on that uh, injured list stint, then I I say you can explore. But you know, I wouldn't sell him for pennies on the dollar just because you're worried about innings. So I think leagues usually kind of clue you in on how you're going to do it, and, and we just have to do our best to stock the bench to be able to weather these storms.
1: Hinge and Ryu has been one of the best pitchers this year, if not the best. And I think the easy answer, people will say, well, sell him now. It's not going to get any better. And every start, it gets better, except the last one, he only had two strikeouts. But I have Hinge and Ryu in several leagues. A couple of them are non-trading leagues. But even in the trading leagues, I find it hard to trade him. Because, okay, even if he winds up on the injured list again and the Dodgers do what they do, like you've already received basically a lottery ticket Pitching is mm-hmm. so difficult to find. Like, I'm the, of the opinion that I wouldn't trade him. That I, I mean, obviously, if someone overpays, sure. But I'm not looking to deal him. I'm just going to enjoy this ride knowing that, okay, I might only get 120. I might get 130. Who knows? Maybe he stays healthy the whole year and, and makes 28 starts. Obviously, with the Dodgers running away with the division, I think they're going to be very smart. So, yeah, he's probably going to miss some time at some point. But why? I don't think it, it's a, a guy that you have to trade. What are your thoughts?
3: I, I agree with you on that one, and you and you bring up a good point there because, you know, we were talking about what can you do when you're losing pitching depth, and you almost gave us a, a hint there because, you know, I know a lot of people have probably dropped Ross Stripling, so in a 15-team league, if the owner of him got angry and spit him out there, we know the Dodgers are going to start processing some of these guys as the all-star break looms, and they can just flip Stripling in there and get him three or four starts to give – Ryu and maybe Hill and a couple of the other guys a break leading up into the playoffs because they're going to be able to manipulate innings. So that, that's possibly a name that if he's been um, sent out to the waiver wire in some leagues, you might want to be able to pick him up because if he's somebody you can keep on the bench once they pop him in there, having anybody, usually having a starter with the Dodgers is, is good for fantasy. So that that's someone that, you know, in a, in a stopgap or a spackling effort that you can maybe try and store away.
1: Would you buy low on Jose Ramirez? And what the hell is wrong with him? I don't know. He's confounding me. I was
3: actually gonna ask Bender if I can do a deep dive on him because I'm just school's about to end up here in Syracuse, so that would be a nice way to kick off my summer vacation. Kind of just see, you know, because we've seen some of these struggling stars and the things happening. You know, we alluded to Dozier. I think it was what 2017, where in the second half he just was phenomenal. I don't know if that's lying in the offing with Ramirez, but I'm really happy. He, I never, where I was picking in the drafts, I had zero shares in him this year. Um, I was a big proponent of him last year, but he's carried over a lot of those bad habits from the second half, and I just don't know if he's trying too hard. I know he's stealing bases, but I think you tweeted out the other day what his—he's got five fewer stolen bases than RBI this year. It's—it's it's scary. I mean, if you need third base, I guess you can buy low, but. It depends on what you're giving up.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I didn't avoid him in drafts, but I had the number three pick in a 15-team league. And I really he did that pick this year because I thought the guy you get at three, you can get at eight. So with the third pick, I took Christian Yelich. So thank goodness I did that. Jose yeah. Ramirez went four. But my reasoning was, actually Ramirez wasn't. In, I was looking at Yelich, Acuna, and J.D. Martinez for that pick. And my reasoning was I just felt like Yellich had the highest floor in that ballpark, even if he didn't repeat the home runs. I just felt like, okay, he's, he can give 15 to 20 steals. He can hit 300. Even if he goes down to 25 home runs, it's a good lineup, 100 runs, 100 RBIs. Well, little did I know uh, he's even better.
3: Exactly. And I think your reasoning there is part of the part of what helps you, especially once Lindor got hurt, you knew the offense was going to have to run through Ramirez. So why is the team going to pitch to Ramirez when Lindor's not there? And, you know, there's still not a whole lot. I mean, I know Carlos Santana is having a rebound year. But, again, are, are you going to attack Ramirez or are you going to attack Santana? Although I think Ramirez has been dropped below Santana in the lineup recently. It's just well, I, everything that could go wrong seems to have done it with him. And I know there's a lot of proponents, again, out there of Jose Ramirez. You know, again, you're not going to get him at a cheaper price. But I, I, I'm I, just nervous. Again, I, I took a ton of Anthony Rondon in third base, and I, I have no regrets on that.
1: Yeah, Rendon has been phenomenal. I liked him. I they only got him in like one or two leagues, and unfortunately, not unfor- unfortunately, but they would draft champions leagues. wasn't able to get him in any redraft. It all came down to where you drafted. Because I think people finally priced him appropriately. He was like a third, fourth rounder this year. So, you know, in years past, he was a little bit undervalued. Uh, Jake Odorizzi's having a great year. Mm-hmm. Can he? Keep this up, maybe not an ERA under two. I don't think he's that mm-hmm. type of pitcher, but can can he be a guy that finishes with an ERA around three this year?
3: I would put it more in the three point five range, but again, when we're talking about the what we're dealing with in the major leagues right now, a three point five this year would have been like a three ERA last year. So yeah, I mean, and, and again, the the Twins seem to be having the analytics going on. They made a lot of good of adjustments. They got Perez to tweak his arsenal and 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 it seems like the pitchers have bought into everything that they're selling there and the fact that we can't overlook is is the division he's in i mean you want a piece of the twins because they're going to keep racking up wins they've still i believe got just under 60 games left with that division this year which is looking pretty good
1: and remember they have to fight for home field man it's Mm -hmm. so you could say division but they got to keep up yankees and astros and well, no, I'm just saying that the division that they're in is just going to oh, yeah. help keep keep him afloat. I mean, it's hard to say you're
3: selling high on him. I, I would be okay with buying Rizzi just knowing that the 3.5 rate the rest of the way, I'd be okay with it because it's going to migrate towards it. But he's still going to be racking up wins with that team.
1: You like Framber Valdez as a pickup this weekend? Uh, I'm, I I just I know he's on Houston, and that's a great
3: place to be. But I don't trust that they're going to let him work past five innings, which is going to Make it tough for him with his control issues to get a lot of the wins. So I probably won't. But on your team that lost all those pitchers, you might have to.
2: Oh,
1: and I, I know I wasn't planning on it because of the walk rate. And I'm just like, Geez, man. Oh, exactly. I, I looked at the waiver. I'm like, oh, well, who am I picking up here, man? And and I got Marco Gonzalez. Gonzalez on the team who dropped me six points in ERA in that league last week. Uh, oh man, Marco Gonzalez was a terrible week last week. Uh, yeah. So what do you got going on right now, Fantasy Alarm? Let people know.
3: Uh, fantasy Alarm, we're still cooking. Uh, I've got, uh, we've got that Fantasy Pitcher metric. We're hoping to unveil maybe next week. Things seem to be working well with it, so we're going to roll it out just as a way to measure how they're doing at high leverage. Uh, I do the behind the breakout segment and the roundup I'll be doing on Saturday morning. Adam, right. you be safe over there.
1: Yeah, hopefully I'll make it back. If you don't get any invites from me, then you know what happened. Uh, That is Greg Jewett. Find him as Fantasy Alarm. We'll come back, wrap it up, looking at lineups for tonight. Back here, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Adam Ronis. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram at ARON88. Check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Got the baseball stock watch up right now. I'll have the two-star pitcher article up over the weekend to help you get set for your free agency moves and setting your lineup next week. Of course, Sean Childs has the waiver wire column. And if you have any specific questions, you can ask them on the message boards and forms anytime you want. And don't forget, playffwc.com. We got a draft tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern, starter best ball draft, 24 rounds, 90-second clock. All you do is draft your team. That is it. No waivers, no setting or lineup. You just draft and take a look at the standings each week. Very little maintenance. We love to draft, but... Not everyone can do twenty twenty five drafts. I mean, look, that's one of the most exciting parts of the season is the draft. Yes, waiver wire and setting lineups are fun, but you can only do that so many times. So the best ball format helps you get in more drafts with the opportunity to win money with less maintenance. So uh, you can hop on over there, play FFWC.com and hop in a draft tonight. Uh, we got online championships, world championships, best ball, wherever it is, we got you covered. If you are serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. The Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Matic and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, baseball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at RotoExperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY, the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Taking a look at some news, Robinson Cano out of the lineup. Once again, he's dealing with a quad injury, the same quad, the left quad that landed him on the injured list, so... Cano said he thinks he's going to avoid the injured list. I did see some reports that said pregame when he was fielding ground balls, he didn't look good moving laterally. So, uh, always with the Mets here. So, we'll see. You know, maybe he's out the weekend and they say, you know what, let's put him on the injured list. We're playing a man short. So, we'll see what happens. J.D. Martinez, who left yesterday's game with back spasms. He's not in the lineup today. I don't think this is surprising. You know, it's going to be a tough decision what to do as far as the weekend and the NFBC. I think it depends on what your alternatives are. Uh, but we've seen this pop up for JD Martinez a couple times this year. I think even in the spring. Now he hasn't wound up on the injured list yet, but these back injuries don't go away. We know that they just kind of keep coming back. It's only rest, so uh, tricky there. You just hope that JD Martinez, with a day or two of rest, can avoid the injured list. As we mentioned. Before, the Marlins have placed Caleb Smith on the injury list with left hip inflammation. The Marlins were the only team this year that only needed five starters. Obviously, that is going to change, and uh, it looks like uh, Smith, according to reports, will probably be a minimal stay. Uh, we'll see. I think everyone's looking to see if Zach Gallen gets the call up. He's been really good in the minor leagues. People were even stashing him as a— uh, a few weeks ago, I've seen in a couple leagues, he got picked up. But we'll see if he does indeed get the call. And uh, right now, he hasn't. They did make a move, uh, and it was not calling up a pitcher. Uh, they called up, well, Tyler Kinley. Uh, so he'll be used uh, out of the bullpen. His numbers were not good. So we'll see who they decide to use in that starting rotation. Uh, hopefully, we'll find out in a, a day or two before uh, we hit the waiver wire on Sunday. Let's take a look at some lineups for tonight. As we only have one afternoon game, we'll get to the highlights of that. Cubs lead the Cardinals 3-0, bottom of the fifth. Reds in Philadelphia, it'll be Tyler Molly against Zach Eflin, who comes off the injured list, spends the minimum uh, time there. For the Reds, Nick Senzel leading off in center field. Joey Votto at first base, batting second. Eugenio Suarez at third base, hitting third. Derek Dietrich at second base, hitting cleanup. Jesse Winker in left field, hitting fifth. Yasiel Puig is in right field, batting sixth. Jose Iglesias, the shortstop, hitting seventh. And Tucker Barnhart, the catcher, eighth. And Tyler Molly on the mound, 89. So, no Jose Peraza in the lineup who seems to be getting starts against left-handed pitching, playing in the outfield. For the Phillies, Cesar Hernandez leads off playing second base. He gets a boost in value here with this Andrew McCutcheon injury. He should be in the leadoff spot a lot. That's going to give a big boost to his run scored. So, a boost there for Hernandez. Bryce Harper in right field, batting second. Gene Segura, the shortstop, hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. J.T. Romuto, the catcher, hitting fifth. Jay Bruce in left field batting sixth. Scott Kingery at third base hitting seventh. Adam Hazley in center field hitting eighth. And Zach Efflett on the mound hitting ninth. So, once again, I think this is the third straight game Mikael Franco has sat, and they have said he is now going to be coming off the bench with Kingery pretty much playing third base every day. Maybe he gets uh, some time in the outfield against left-handed pitching. Arizona Diamondbacks in Toronto taking on the Blue Jays. Merrill Kelly. Against Marcus Stroman, Jared Dyson leads it off in center field. Cattell Martez at second base, hitting second. Eduardo Escobar is at third base, hitting third. David Peralta is in left field, hitting cleanup. Christian Walker at first base, hitting fifth. Kevin Crone gets the start as the DH. He is batting sixth. Nick Ahmed's the shortstop, hitting seventh. Tim LoCastro in right field, hitting eighth. And Carson Kelly is the catcher, batting ninth. For the Blue Jays, Eric Sogard leads it off, playing second base. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is at third base, hitting second. Rowdy Telez, the DH, hitting third. Randall Gretruck in right field, hitting cleanup. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in left field, batting fifth. Kayvon Biggio at first base today, hitting sixth. So, uh, a little first base action for Biggio. Teoscar Hernandez at center field, hitting seventh. Freddie Galvis at shortstop, hitting eighth. And Danny Jansen is the catcher, batting ninth. The Rays in Boston to take on the Red Sox. It'll be Yanni Chirinos against Rick Porcello for the Rays. Austin Meadows leads it off playing left field. Tommy Pham is the DH hitting second. Brandon Lau at second base hitting third. Avisail Garcia is in right field hitting cleanup. G-Man Choi at first base hitting fifth. Yandy Diaz at third base hitting sixth. Kevin Kiermaier in center field batting seventh. Willie Adamas, who's really picked it up lately, he's at shortstop hitting eighth. And Mike Zunino is the catcher batting ninth. For the Red Sox, Mookie Betts leads it off, playing right field. Andrew Benintendi in left field, hitting second. Rafael Devers at third base, hitting third. Xander Bogarts at shortstop, hitting cleanup. Mitch Moreland at first base, hitting fifth. Eduardo Nunez, DH, hitting sixth. Brock Holt at second base, hitting seventh. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field, hitting eighth. Sandy Leon is the catcher, batting ninth. So Michael Chavis gets the night off, and once again, J.D. Martinez out of the lineup with back spasms. He left yesterday's game with the same issue. The Braves in Miami to take on the Marlins. Mike Soroka against Jose Uranos Pitched very well lately. For the Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr. in center field leading it off. Dansby B. Swanson at shortstop hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base batting third. Josh Donaldson in third base hitting cleanup. Nick Marcakis in right field hitting fifth. Austin Riley in left field batting sixth. Brian McCann, the catcher, hitting seventh. Ozzie Albies at second base hitting eighth. Mike Soroka on the mound batting ninth. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson in left field batting first. Martin Prado at first base, hitting second. Brian Anderson at third base, hitting third. Starlin Castro at second base, hitting cleanup. Howard Ramirez in right field, hitting fifth. JT Riddle in center field, hitting sixth. Jorge Alfaro, the catcher, hitting seventh. Miguel Rojas at shortstop, hitting eighth. And Uran on the mound, batting ninth. Garrett Cooper out of the lineup today. He's really been hitting very well lately for the Marlins. Twins in Detroit. Michael Pineda against Matthew Boyd. Pineda activated off the injured list. Devin Smeltzer sent down. To the minor leagues for the Twins, Max Kepler after hitting three home runs yesterday, he sits against Matt Bulley. I don't like it. Uh, Kepler's been better against left-handed pitching this year and last year. So, uh, fresh off a third three homer game, but uh, he is out of the lineup today. Jorge Polanco leads it off playing shortstop. Mitch Garver is at catcher, hitting second. Nelson Cruz is the DH, hitting third. Eddie Rosario's in left field, hitting cleanup. C.J. Crones at first base, hitting fifth. Marvin Gonzalez in right field, hitting sixth. Jonathan Scope at second base, hitting seventh. Williams Estadillo at third base, hitting eighth, as Miguel Sano out of the lineup. And Byron Buxton in center field, batting ninth. For the Tigers, Nico Goodrums at shortstop, leading it off. Christian Stewart in left field, hitting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field, hitting third. Miguel Cabrera's the DH, hitting cleanup. Brandon Dixons at first base, hitting fifth. Rodriguez at second base, hitting sixth. John Hicks, the catcher, batting seventh. Dewell Lugos at third base, hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field, batting ninth. The Rockies in New York to take on the Mets. Antonio Sensatella against Jacob DeGrom. Jeff McNeil leads it off. He'll play second base again as Robinson Cano out of the lineup once again. Pete Alonso at first base, batting second. Michael Conforto's in right field. Hitting third. Dominic Smith in left field hitting cleanup. And again, mentioned it last week. You know, Dominic Smith's going to get playing time, especially against right handers. So we had a little bit of concern over the weekend because he had that thumb issue, but appears to be fine. And he's done well this year when given the opportunity. Wilson Ramos, the catcher batting fifth. Todd Frazier's at third base hitting sixth. Ahmed Rosario, who's homeward in consecutive games, he's at shortstop hitting seventh. Juan Lagares in center field hitting eighth. And Jacob DeGrom on the mound batting ninth. The Yankees in Cleveland take on the Indians' Domingo Herman against Zach Plesac For the Indians, Francisco Lindor leads it off playing shortstop. Oscar Mercado in left field, hitting second. Carlos Santana is at first base, hitting third. Jason Kipnis at second base, hitting cleanup. Jose Ramirez at third base, hitting fifth. Jake Bowers, the DH, hitting sixth. Leonis Martin is in center field, hitting seventh. Kevin Plawecki, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Tyler Naquin in right field, batting ninth. The A's in Texas, it'll be Brett Anderson against Lance Lynn, who's got a 2.73 ERA over his last four starts. For the Rangers, Delano DeShields leads it off playing center field. So he's been playing a lot. They called him up. He's pretty much been playing every day. Logan Forsythe, their first base, hitting second. Alex Andrews at shortstop, hitting third. Nomar Mazara in right field, hitting cleanup. Hunter Pence the DH, hitting fifth. Estrubal Cabrera is at third base, hitting sixth. Danny Santana is in left field, hitting seventh. Renato Dorr at second base, hitting eighth. Jeff Mathis, the catcher, batting ninth. The Orioles are in Houston. It'll be Gabriel Yanoa against Garrett Cole. The Pirates are in Milwaukee. It'll be Rookie Davis against Brandon Woodruff. Definitely like Woodruff uh, in DFS tonight. For the Pirates, Kevin Newman is the shortstop leading off. Brian Reynolds in center field, hitting second. As Starling Marte gets the night off. Melky Cabrera is in the left field, hitting third. Josh Bell at first base hitting cleanup. Colin Moran at third base hitting fifth. Gregory Polanco in right field hitting sixth. Elias Diaz at catcher hitting seventh. Adam Frazier at second base hitting eighth. And Rookie Davis on the mound batting ninth. The White Sox in Kansas City to take on the Royals. Yvonne Nova against Homer Bailey for the White Sox. Larry Garcia leads it off playing center field. Yoan Moncada at third base hitting second. Jose Abreu is at first base hitting third. James McCann is the catcher hitting cleanup. Yonder Alonso at DH hitting fifth. Eloy Jimenez in left field, hitting six. Tim Anderson at short, batting seventh. Yomer Sanchez at second base at eighth. And Ryan Cordell in right field, batting ninth. For the Royals, Whit Fields in right field, leading it off. Alex Gordon in left field, hitting second. Alberto Mondesi at shortstop, hitting third. Jorge Soler is the DH, hitting cleanup. Ryan O'Hearn at first base, hitting fifth. Chester Cuthbert at third base, hitting sixth. Nicky Lopez, who finally stole a base yesterday, his first stolen base. He's batting seventh at second base. Martin Maldonado is the catcher hitting eighth. Billy Hamilton in center field batting ninth. Marco Gonzalez on the mound for Seattle against Andrew Heaney in Anaheim. Marco Gonzalez coming off a nightmarish week. He had a two-star week and he was terrible. He got bombed by the Angels last time out. He got off to a great start, but he's been struggling. The Nationals are in San Diego to take on the Padres. It'll be Eric Fetty against Nick Marjovicius, and he's really struggled. The Dodgers are in San Francisco. It'll be Clinton Kershaw against Drew Pomerantz. The Dodgers have just been dominant this season, uh, running away there with that National League West division. Uh so, yeah, those are a lot of the lineups that we have in now on a busy night slate here. We do have the Yankees lineup here now as well. D.J. LeMay, who's leading off, playing second base. Aaron Nicks starting to pick it up a little bit. Homer, yesterday, he's in center field, hitting second. Luke Voigt's at first base, hitting third. Gary Sanchez, the catcher, in cleanup. Didi Gregorius makes his season debut. He's a shortstop. He will bat fifth tonight. Country Morales is the D.D.H., hitting sixth. Clint Frazier's in right field, hitting seventh. Gio Urshula is at third base, sitting eighth, Brett Gardner in left field batting ninth. So once again, Gleyber Torres is out of the lineup. He sat yesterday as well as he is dealing with a sore left shoulder. They're saying it's just wear and tear. Uh, he was available off the bench yesterday. He did not get into the game, and he is sitting out once again today. So, uh, But the Yankees do get Didi Gregorius back uh, to help that offense, and we saw Didi with a uh, big year last year. So he's expected to sit, you know, Uh, one game a series so you got to keep that in mind but certainly a a boost there to to get that bat back in the lineup for the Yankees we do have one game this afternoon and we do have a, a little bit of an injury to report Miles Michaelis was pulled from the game he was hit on the right arm by a line drive so it ended the fourth inning he was hit he was able to get the ball throw to first base to end the fourth inning but he did not come back for the 5th inning. So, definitely something to keep an eye on there. As uh that is the Lone Afternoon game going on right now and that game is in the top of the 6th inning. Uh the Cubs lead this one 3 to nothing. Cole Hamels on the hill. Uh pitching very well for the Cubs so far. as uh he's at 69 pitches in the 6th inning. One out and a runner on first base uh for the Cardinals. So, Cole Hamels Kind of been an up-and-down year for him. It's been overall pretty good. I like Tamil's going to the year. I like the value on him. Uh, and, you know, he's had a couple tough matchups recently. We knew it would be tough. But so far today, he's pitching well. Five-and-a-third scoreless innings, two hits a one-walk, five Ks. ZRA is at 3.36 on the season. Javier Baez with a two-run homer in this game. Caratini doubled to left, scoring Hayward for the other run as uh, Wilson Kucharis getting the day off uh, day game after a night game. For the Cubs. And Baez continues to hit. You know, a lot of people doubted him. And even now, like his batting average balls and play is really high. His strikeout rate has increased from last year. But he just continues to hit. 309 average. 350 OBP. 588 slugging. He has 16 homers. 42 RBIs on the season. Uh, Anthony Rizzo has a stolen base. Uh, that's his third of the year. Not sure why Carlos Gonzalez is hitting third, man. I, I, I was surprised that the Cubs picked him up. And they've actually been playing him quite a bit. He's hit in the middle of the order. Uh, just don't see much left here for Carlos Gonzalez. He's 0 for 1 with a walk and a strikeout today. Caratini, 2 for 2 with an RBI. He's a good catcher to use in DFS when uh, Wilson Contreras is out, especially if he's hitting at a good spot in the order. Uh, Cardinals offensively not doing much today. In fact, their runner, Dexter Fowler, was on first base. He was just picked off uh, as he just uh, singled also. So, a uh, quiet day so far for the offense as the Cubs lead this one 3 0. Again, Michael is pulled from the game, hit by a line, drives. He was uh, at four innings, four hits, three runs, two walks, and four Ks, and allowed a lot of home runs. So Cubs lead this one 3 to nothing, uh in the top of the sixth inning. Also of note, remember uh, yesterday, Fernando Tatis returned to the lineup yesterday. Uh, he had a single and two walks. So make sure you get him back in line for this weekend, especially in those NFBC formats where you could change your lineup today. Um, and you're going to have to make a tough decision there on J.D. Martinez. D.D. Gregorius back so you can get him in there. Um, so, you know, th- there are definitely some of those tough decisions you have to make. Also keep an eye on Mitch Haniger; He left yesterday's game with a lower body contusion. He fouled the ball off himself in the sixth inning. So that's something to keep an eye on. Justin Upton is going to head out on a minor league rehab assignment today as well, so he could be back in a couple of weeks. Make sure you check out fulltimefantasy.com over the weekend. We have your two-star pitchers, waiver wire and playffwc.com. Hop in a draft tonight. we got a best ball draft starting at 10 p.m. Eastern and a lot of other drafts, so hop in there. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.